0: Hey, this is Mike Sparrow with Authority Zero, and you're listening to the Sun Solar Panel
1: Podcast. Hey, hello, and welcome everybody to another edition of the Sun Solar Panel here on YouTube and on the podcast feed. I am obviously not Tim Tompkins; I'm way too good looking for that, and uh, only yeah, own one not. pair. Only own one pair of glasses. I'm Greg Esposito, alongside. <laughs> My partner in crime and my sworn enemy, Dave King. Dave, how are you, man? Yeah, we haven't
0: really played up the sworn enemy part in a while, have we? we?
1: We haven't. I think I think there's too much hate on Twitter as it is. Ours used to be fun and sarcastic. Yeah, and then everyone
0: started. Yeah, exactly. Well,
1: then everybody actually started being enemies on Twitter, and I think they <laughs> took the fun out of it. So. Yeah. So I guess we're kind of frenemies now. We're okay. We're We're frenemies.
0: frenemies. Yes, exactly. And we have, but we have a good debate going on tonight.
1: I think so. Uh, And uh, like we said, Tim, not on this episode because uh, he had to worry about his call center job so he could afford all those new classes. But uh, we do have a great episode, uh, one of our quick uh, midweek episodes, but a listener uh, last week suggested that. I give out my all-time man crush. Incredible son's team. idea! A fantastic idea. So Dave thought. Well, Greg can't have all the attention mm-hmm. on an episode, so I have to do one too. Greg so already Dave, tries to
0: take the attention on every episode, so we're still not going to let him have
1: it. Dave, I am, I am so gracious. Or you'd be
0: the. And I say this in loving. Loving memory. You'd be the Kellen Olson of podcasters if you took the entire episode all by yourself. (laughs)
1: Can I be the Kellen Olson of podcasting if there's a Kellen Olson of podcasting?
0: Yeah, this is, uh, I know Kellen remembers this and luckily for him, he's had partners for the last few years. But he went through a year on Locked On Sons where he was alone half the time because he couldn't hook up timing with Eddie House. And the dude, I mean, you could hear him like taking drinks halfway through <laughs> to try to wet the whistle.
1: Dave and I are good at <laughs> hooking up with each other, so you've got us today. Um, Man, you right. got to hook up with someone. <laughs> this is very true. Uh, so and you're Dave, married, so you know you. <laughs> I told you this was going to go off the rails without you. But Dave. I'm such a gracious host that I'm going to say, why don't you start out? I think we go position by position on these teams and let's start with the point guard position. Dave, who is your man crush starting point guard on your team?
0: Oh man. Okay. So we shared our lists before the podcast started and I don't think it's fair that we both have the same point guard. So while I'm just going to defer to Greg on the man crush point guard, but then I'll give my reasons why that person would be my man crush. um, I'm going to give a different one. And I'm just going to be all weird, and I'm going to go all the way back to when I first moved to the Valley in the 80s. And very few people were, will remember this guy. But back in the day, before the suns got good again, they had a point guard named Kyle, Kyle Macy. Macy. Yes, exactly. And for some reason, of course, we had just the newspaper back then. So I would pull out the sports section in the mornings. I would read the sports section before going to work. Not going to work at the time. <laughs> I was going to high school, um, and and I would read the sports section, and on weekends as well. And there'd be stories on the Suns, and back then they did not have very good players in the early '80s. They had of course Sweet D, and and I think maybe Larry Nance joined um, within a year or two. But Kyle Macy, for some reason, I identified with as a, as a, as an under athletic, try hard point guard. So I'll do that. But then we're going to lead into my real man crust, which is Greg's alter ego.
1: Hold on a second. You picked you picked Kyle Macy, and you wonder why he was the guy that you connected with? He was the only thing whiter than the cocaine.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm trying not to be um, uh, a whitest or anything like that on here. but <laughs> a white- I, whitest. A uh, whitest. But um, for some reason, I did connect. I mean... I did love Kevin Johnson, but then I found out about the real Kevin Johnson, so I don't love Kevin Johnson anymore. It's too easy to say say Steve Nash. He was everybody's man crush across the globe. Yeah. So, Greg, give us your man crush. Tell us who was your point guard man crush.
1: My point guard man crush, and this comes as absolutely no surprise to anybody who's listened to the show or followed uh, me for any period of time, it is Goran Dragic, all right? It's got to be Goran Gogi was one of my favorite guys to be around when I worked for the team. Previous to that, he was one of my favorite guys to watch out there. Uh, Obviously, his his 24-point quarter uh, against the Spurs in the playoffs was unbelievable in in helping that team sweep the Spurs in 2010 and kind of exercise those demons. But getting to know Gorin was, uh, you know, they say don't get close to players. You're not supposed to do that. But, it was a true pleasure to get to to know Gorn in my time with the team. He was one of the only guys that ever would walk by and ask, how's your family? How are you doing, Greg? Like, have a genuine conversation with you. So it is tough for me not to man crush <clears throat> on Gorn Drogic.
0: Yeah, man, my first year covering the team was the year that Gorn came back <clears throat> the second time. And I remember my first media day, Gorn was like, Yeah, sure, we can make the playoffs. Why not? You know, he was all excited about coming back. Uh, And that season and the season after and half the season after that, he was my go-to guy in the locker room. He was most people's go-to guy in the locker room because he's always willing to talk. But what I really liked about him is he was willing to keep talking to you after the cameras turned off and after the recorders turned off. And just catch up with you, like Greg says, to ask how your family's doing and and all that. And just talk. We would talk basketball. We talk about the team. We talk about players and stuff like that. But it, he would know that it was off camera, off recorder. And he was really cool about it. And then after he had his little meltdown, which to this day, I am just I, I felt like I, uh, a, a girlfriend broke up with me or something like that. When he had his little meltdown, he went he went away for the nine-day All-Star break. Then all of a sudden, he demanded to be traded and all that. I and mean, I don't know. Was Chris, Chris Paul his agent? But anyway, um, he demanded to be traded. He left. When he came back the next year, I saw him walking down the hall. He came back with the Miami Heat um, for a road game. And I saw him walking down the hall, and he's like, Hey, Dave, how's it going? How are things going with you? And, and, and just the nicest dude ever. So, oh, yes, yeah. that's my second man crush.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was – I remember – he was playing for the Slovenian national team one summer uh, in Eurobasket. And we asked, hey, can we do an interview with you for, for sons.com? We'd love to catch up with you. He's like, oh, yeah, no problem, Aspo. Here's my Skype name. Skype me. Well, we Skype him, and it's like the mid- middle of the night. He's sitting on his bed. Zoran's in the in the bed next. him <laughs> in the hotel room like like just totally chill like oh what's up man how's hey me? how's it going how's and it going and how I, remember, are you I remember when he came back and I, I ran into him and you know i asked him how are things doing how you know, oh good good uh, you know my wife's finally liking it and i go well she has 97 million reasons to like it in miami huh and it was one of those moments I'm like, did I really just make that joke to a professional <laughs> yeah. basketball player? Uh, and he was cool about it at least. Of course so, he was. So, all right, let's
0: move on to the next yeah. position. You go first this
1: time. Oh no, Dave, I'm gonna let you continue to go no, first. Not, go ahead. A, no, I'm I'm that I want you to
0: own this one. Go. Oh, on. you
1: want me to own this one? Well, I'm gonna look down at my notes because I just wanna make sure that I'm not stealing your guy. But uh, I think I'm the only man in the world that has a man crush on this next gentleman is Marco Milic. That's right. I have two. (laughs) I mean, I am the only human on earth that has uh, a a man crush on two Slovenian NBA players. And they're not Goran and Luca. It's Goran and Marco. All right. Marco (laughs) Milic. I remember late nineties, I believe it was 1997. Right. Internet just uh, just becoming a thing. Welcome to the old man get off my lawn corner. But internet just becoming a real thing. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so it
0: was like the dial-up years.
1: Yep, and and teams were <laughs> just getting their own websites. The NBA uh, was was starting to embrace that. And I remember seeing an article, you know, that this guy was coming to the Phoenix Suns. This guy named Marco Milic they got from uh, I believe they acquired his rights from Philly uh, he was a Slovenian guy and there was this grainy tiny tiny uh video that you could watch and it was him in a dunk contest from overseas where he he's the original Blake Griffin he jumped over a car it was a green yeah hot copy Nels of Marco yeah yeah and 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 the difference was it was a convertible that he jumped over. So it was more clearance, but still jumped over it, dunked. And I forever had an obsession with this guy. Now he lasted all of, uh, he was here for part of two seasons. I think he played in 44 games, didn't do much of anything, but I remember that video and there's this great picture that I tweeted out a couple of weeks ago with no, uh, no reason to it of Marco laying there, on the court with a basketball <laughs> and the giant Suns '90s logo there in the sunburst uniform, and I've forever since made it my mission to find a Marco Milic jersey. So he is my starting. Have you found one? I have not. I almost paid to have. Re- one listeners,
0: day. listeners, this dude needs to know where to get a Marco Milic jersey. Don't get Greg one. Just tell him where to find it.
1: There are two two jerseys in my holy grail of jerseys, Marco Milic and then a Tom Tupa Phoenix Suns jersey. Those are my holy grails. Tom oh, Tupa
0: Phoenix Suns?
1: I mean, uh, Arizona Cardinals, Phoenix Cardinals. Oh,
0: got it. All right. Yeah, Almost if the same have, thing. If you did play multiple positions.
1: If you Tom have Tupa. a Tom Tupa Phoenix Suns jersey, I will pay you lots for it. Yeah. it
0: All right. Let's go to my shooting guard. My shooting guard needs no explanation. Uh, he is the guy who, who made me fall in love with – A player as much as I possibly could, but he made my wife at the time fall in love with him even harder um, Because as I described him to her not as her watching him play the game of basketball But as I described him to her, she said that's my guy Of course, she said the same thing about Goran Dragic, but uh, for very different reasons She fell in love with this guy. My shooting guard man crush is Raja Bell And you know why? Raja I thought
1: it was Bell. Casey Jacobson, the way you were describing it. No, I thought no. it was Raja
0: Bell, man. First, he is a pretty man for one thing. And <laughs> and the ladies did love little Raja. <clears throat> but I described him to her one. Of course, everyone remembers the clothesline on Kobe, where the entire world outside of LA fell in love with Raja Bell. But my wife before that, maybe it was after, I don't know. She was kind of a half Sons fan, half not. Which is why she's no longer my wife. But no, that's not the only reason. Uh,
1: She's only a half Dave King fan. Half. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey there. Um,
0: So Raja Bell and uh, I would I described him to her. I said he's the only guy, the only player I followed, especially on the Phoenix Suns, who would go out there and and he would get angry over a play. And the coach would know he's getting angry over a play. He might have gotten hard fouled. A teammate of his might have gotten hard fouled. He'd get the crazy eyes. His eyes would suddenly go about twice the normal size. And he'd start loping down the court. And Mike D'Antoni would look over and say, hey, come on. Come on. You know, we're going to call a timeout. He's like, no, no, coach. No, no, coach. I'm good. I'm good. Leave me in. I'm good. I'm totally good. Don't worry about it. I'm good. And then within five seconds, he would just lay out the other guy on the other team, just Hard foul, knock him down, and then just walk quietly to the bench without even saying a word. He's not one of those dudes who would yell at the refs after he's done the deed. He would just get back at the other team, doing it to them, and then just go sit himself down on the bench before he got a timeout for any other demonstrative action. That was a great, great period of time. And when I watched him do that, I told my wife, I said, he's a dude that would just with a big smile, and he would do it all with a smile on his face. With a big smile on his face, he would come up, he'd put a knife in you, and he'd twist it. And all with a smile. That was him. He would just walk down the court, and he would just give back that hard foul to the other team, and they'd just quietly walk to the bench and sit down, all with a smile. Dave, That's my Dave, man.
1: Dave likes assassins that stab people while smiling. Good to know. Yeah. So who's your small forward then, Dave?
0: All right. My small forward. Oh, yeah. My small forward is Grand Hill drinks Sprite. I mean, you can't not love Grand Hill. The dude had – like he could have been a superstar on the level of Michael Jordan back in the 90s when he played for the Pistons. But he got some – but then he had some free agency thing. I think uh, after he signed with Orlando, then he got his his infection and all that and nearly died, and his career was almost entirely over. His entire contract with Orlando was almost unplayed as he made over um, – I don't know, maybe it was $100 million – and he was like on the street, ready to retire, almost out of the game. Suns signed him to a, middle, uh, a minimum contract. I'm pretty sure it was, it was a minimum contract to play for the Suns. It might have been a couple million over, but he came in with no pretense, nothing. No, no, I'm bigger than this. No big head. No, nothing. He just came in and just played. He didn't even need to start. He didn't need to do anything. He turned himself into a defensive player. He became the Suns' best perimeter defensive player. In that in the few years that he played for the Suns and he was the perfect model citizen. I will never, ever, ever say a negative word about that guy based on what I know of him and the information I got from just watching the Suns back in those days.
1: Oh yeah. Nothing, nothing better than, uh, than Grant Hill, another all time great guy. I remember day he announced his retirement. Uh, he had been playing with the, the Clippers, I believe. And uh, he had, come to the gym to work out with aaron nelson and the guys he was at the arena and i happened to be down there i think it was uh, draft workouts or, or summer league practice one of the two were going on and I, I heard he was in there and i said to julie fye the great uh, oh, man. Love julie. Manager, uh she it, i said hey would grant be willing to talk you know to us for sons.com Uh, about retiring and he hadn't talked to anybody literally just come out that morning and he said, yes, but nobody else can know I'm here. So come into the, uh, into the training room and, and you can have 10 minutes, no problem. And greatest thing. So we were the, I got a chance to sit down with him. We were the only ones to have an interview with him that day. He had no reason to even say yes, and it was just because he's that good of a guy, uh, and and everything. So I, I agree, love Grant, but he couldn't. Uh, I went in a different direction with my man crush, and it's mostly because as a nine-year-old kid, uh, and a nine-year-old, ten-year-old kid, I was fascinated by this game, this guy's game, and what he was able to help that the 92 93 sons accomplish and then totally crushed by what happened after. Mm. Uh, Richard Dumas is my is the small forward the doom boom. That guy was an athletic freak could do mm. things that that were way ahead of his time. He was a player that that it always felt like he came from an era like today's game and got dropped in the in the early to mid 90s and he couldn't beat his own personal demons it was he did himself in even though the Suns tried everything they could to put that guy in a Uh, position to succeed it did turn out he
0: wasn't the same player when he wasn't on drugs
1: which is which is just it's on the whole thing is unfortunate and and i just so fondly remember that the 92 93 season and what he was able to do there what he meant to that team and what Everybody thought he was going to be able to become, and I think that "what if" and that longing is why I still have a, a man crush on uh, on Richard Dumas in, in in a certain way to this day. So that that's my small forward. there.
0: Yeah. So who is your power forward? All right, man crush. Then,
1: look, okay, Charles Barkley is the obvious answer because I am sitting. 10 feet from a bunch of yeah. Barkley memorabilia and everything. But I felt like that's just like a cheap answer here, right? Everybody that was around in the 90s would say Charles Barkley. Yeah, they you'll
0: notice him. we did not cop to Steve Nash or Charles Barkley in this episode. Thank no, you very much.
1: Like it, that's that's easy answers right. and crush. That's just normal, rational fandom. You should like. Right the two guys who have had MVPs in your franchise's history, but uh, my power forward is PJ Tucker. And yes, I lean heavy on a lot of personal relationships in this because, because that I was lucky enough to, to have those, but PJ was a guy that came in and I remember his introductory press conference. They signed him out of, I think he was playing in Germany the year before. It's the one thing Lance Blanks actually did. Right.
0: He it was bro's basket.
1: He, he brought, he, he brought him in his uh, PJ Tucker's introductory press conference was in a conference, tiny, tiny conference room. There's now an office at the arena uh, because the <laughs> circus was in town. No media showed up. So they had to ask, or I think there was one media member uh, that was there and they had to ask employees to come in here. So this guy felt like it, it actually meant something that he signed. He came in, in a v-neck white t-shirt uh and, <laughs> and two pants like this was pre pretty you know, good pj tucker. yeah i
0: remember i i remember the summer league play where he wasn't a star on the summer league team but dan marley just loved him dan marley an assistant coach for the suns at the time absolutely loved pj tucker played him a lot of minutes and uh i think was the one of the biggest proponents to assigning him to a contract for the season
1: and he he came in and he worked for everything, right? This is yep. not a guy that was handed. A the dude is
0: still gift. working for everything.
1: Oh, yeah. And he came in, he carved out a space for himself. He won over fans with his hustle. And again, another guy that I just found to be genuinely nice. We connected uh, on a lot of things. Uh, you know, He actually was a big Charles Barkley fan. So we connected on that in a, in a few times. When we uh, when we did sit down interviews and and we just talked when uh, when the cameras weren't on and so I just really yeah. fell in love with his game and the person and he was fun to uh, give crap to because he was one of the few guys that had two lockers in the locker room and it wasn't because. He earned it. It wasn't because anybody actually gave him two lockers. <laughs> he took a second locker for his shoes. All right, absolutely.
0: You was stacked and, top to bottom,
1: dude. It was nuts. And then he'd wear the craziest yeah. stuff uh, at post game, which was always a favorite of mine during post. He says
0: love, and all the players are like this. So there's there's nothing PJ could have done about this. But after a game, you're still worked up. Your your blood is still boiling, and I just. I would always feel so bad for the guys because they would dress up for the cameras for the post game interview. At least uh, some of the guys did, and PJ was one of them. And he would he would go to the trouble. He'd put on his nice shirt. He'd put on maybe even a tie and his jacket and all that, as if he was going to go out to uh, an upscale club or something like that after the game. Um, He'd put all this stuff on, and the dude unfortunately would still be sweating up a storm. So, you know, you'd see the beads of sweat on the forehead, and they'd have to what you know, what? And he's not the only player that's been like that. But their blood is still going even after a shower after the game, even twenty minutes after the game stopped. He 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 put all of it out on the court, and I loved him for.
1: Another another fun fact: he had a ted doll, you know, the bear from that. uh, Oh, he did in his locker for two seasons straight <laughs> i i couldn't love him anymore for that too so and he was so
0: happy when he'd stopped getting the hustle awards too Yeah.
1: so who who is your power forward all right
0: my uh yeah power forward we haven't gotten this okay my power forward is um uh, danny manning and the reason i love danny manning wasn't for any personal connections it wasn't for who he actually was as a phoenix sun because he really he was hurt a lot of the time, but he had such. He, he, uh, him joining the team in '94 and '95, the Suns should have won the championship. They were the best basketball team in the entire league. Him joining those guys with Charles and KJ and and um, uh, Tom Chambers, although he was fading at that time, but Dan Marley and all those guys. Danny Manning was such a perfect fit doing everything on the court, and I felt so bad for the fact that he got hurt and couldn't couldn't finish out uh, playing well. Um, but, man, they when those 94-95 seasons came and the Suns were eventually ousted by Houston, if Danny Manning was healthy, I don't think they'd have been ousted by Houston.
1: Yeah, I think they would have had a title if uh, he hadn't. Had that knee injury when Joe Klein fell into him in practice. It wasn't even right. in a game. Right. It wasn't anything sexy how it happened. He just literally his knee got fell on. So like that, that's that, that's one of those unfortunate. Another big what if in in Suns history is what happens if Danny Manning doesn't get injured
0: there. Right. All right. Now my center, we're alternating here. My man crush center has to be Alvin Adams, and and there there's two reasons for this. One is because. He was a legend already when I moved to Arizona in 83. He was a legend for the team. Um, He had led them into that 76 playoffs. He was an all-star for many seasons. He was the original uh, multi-talented center. I mean, everyone looks at Nikola Jokic these days. That was Alvin Adams back in the 70s. That dude was so freaking talented. But for the second reason that he is one of my favorites all time was – and my man crush is that he still works for the team. He still works in public relations. He still works in community relations. He and he is the nicest guy you'll ever see. He's still six nine, although he may be six eight now, uh, maybe six seven. But he's he's because he's he's getting up there in years. But he is still the very nicest guy, totally unassuming. So I guess my man crushes are about unassuming guys for the most part, and he's another one of them. Uh, where he just he was just so talented, but he's still just a fan of today's basketball game too.
1: Dave, are you projecting onto people here? Is it you're unassuming uh, guys that make it big? Is that huh what...
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Although I I couldn't hold a candle to Alvin Adams uh, with his athleticism. I couldn't hold a candle to any of these guys. These are all top 400 people in the world on, on athletic talent and basketball skill. I don't... So we all talk about under athletic, but it's really like of the top 0.0001%. They're not – and the .000001%. So there's there's that. But yes, I am. I probably do identify. Although, I will say that. So my team to finish out my team: Goran Dragic, Raja Bell, Grant Hill, Danny Manning, and Alvin Adams, all super talented, and all super unassuming. So absolutely.
1: I I think Alvin is is completely underrated because most fans didn't get a chance to see him play. I've. Vi- I barely remember the the tail end of uh, of his career, but everything I've heard is that he was a truly great big man. I mean, Kareem. He was Jokic said, before Jokic. Kareem said uh, that he was the best guy he ever played up against, uh, in, uh, as a center, and that says the world to me. Alvin, uh, Alvin could pass. He could shoot. I think if he played in today's game he probably would have three point range. They didn't really do yeah. that back then, but his jump jumper he didn't was even have a three point
0: edge. line back then.
1: No. I mean he could rebound like he rookie of the year. I mean he uh, is is probably one of the most underappreciated players in Suns history when when you look at it. And now as the facility facilities manager
0: That's what he is. That's right. He
1: uh he actually will wind up helping the next generation because he's overseeing this renovation uh, as well. So he has oh, a good fun fact. Do You remember when Shaq tore down the backboard in uh Yep. Yeah. At- when he was with the magic, right? Yep. At America West arena. Yeah. Alvin Adams was facilities manager, Was The first year he was doing it. I believe he had to figure <laughs> out how to get a new hoop there because back then they did not have backup baskets and they just happened to have one in the building at the time for some reason i don't remember was it was. on the practice court no nah, it was uh, there was some reason they had one in the yeah, yeah, lucky and and they brought it out and it became the standard to have a backup back there and alvin alvin was part of that so <laughs> oh, uh, so my my final player on my man crush team my yeah. center this was a tough one because there's a lot of guys that that the Suns have had a lot of Characters. Not great centers, but characters. Alvin yeah. was it one I seriously considered, but was a little too mainstream for me. hamed Hadadi almost made this list for me, <laughs> uh, yeah. just because he gave me my first creative moment running the team account with who's your Hadadi, the hashtag.
0: And then uh and then. Oh, my my youngest daughter, she was about five at the time. Hamed was on the team. He is the tallest man ever, and it's
1: like, yeah, he pretty much is. <laughs> and, the, and the other, the other guy I considered Joe Klein, because he was, he was just a goofball. He's a giant, you know, seven foot kid that played for the team in the nineties. But in the end, I had to go with Marchin Gortat. Uh, I man crushed on this dude because he was the funniest guy too, yeah. ever to to ever cover to be around. Dude still talks to me in this day and gives me crap via social media. Uh, I I give him major props for just how funny he was. And next to Steve Nash, he actually was a pretty great pick and roll center. Was a great rebounder uh, in those in those. T- yeah, he just
0: didn't thunder dunk like Amari did. That's all. So people didn't like the the layups and said thunder dunks, but he was super athletic.
1: Oh yeah, and my favorite moment with him. Had him on the original podcast I did, Sons One-on-One. He was one of my first guests, right? We go 35 minutes, and I can't use 10 of it because it's him going on a rant about Dwight Howard and how mother effer this and (laughs) that and all this stuff that is gold. To this day, I wish I had kept the audio just for my own entertainment, but nobody so, could ever hear it. So, so my
0: favorite memory of March and, um was um, the uh, Sacramento Kings were in town and Jermaine O'Neal was the other center along with March and Gortat that year is twenty twelve thirteen, 2012, 13. Uh, and even Jared Dudley was on the team. He's like, yeah, the, all the exit interviews were look, they got to get rid of us and go young. <laughs> uh, go young. And anyway, um, Martin uh, was talking after the game, and, and there was a game at home uh, against the Kings, and Demarcus Cousins would would go through phases where there were games he just didn't show up to. So he he like put up, you know, a really non non um, impactful twenty and ten, or maybe eighteen and and twelve, or something along that line, but not impactful. He looked like he wasn't there, and the Suns had won the game, and Martin Gortat had almost matched him on the on the box score, and Martin's like. He was like talking shit, talking total crap about how De- how he how he dominated DeMarcus Cousins and all this. And I could just see Jermaine O'Neal's face like two lockers away going, oh, no, you don't, you don't say that, man. You don't say that. It's so funny. Oh, later, in the season, later in the season, the Kings came back to town. And Demarcus Cousins dropped like 44 and 25 or something, and nobody had to say anything. And Martin, after the game, was just like, Yeah, I had it coming.
1: Yeah, <laughs> what so are my favorites? I, I remember one time post game, I come in, I used to wear bow ties with the team, and we were wearing almost the exact same bow tie. So he, he wanted a photo. So I got this great photo in the office of. He and I standing next to each other, pointing at each other's bow ties. Like, what the heck? You stole my fashion. So, like the
0: Spider-Man meme. Yep,
1: yeah, exactly. It was very. Funny. Yeah, you.
0: Although, you and Martin are Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it looked more like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins, but it was fun. So that I, I'll throw out, I'll throw out a uh, an honorable mention, and I don't know how many people have noticed this in the background. But Dragon Bender is sitting on Bender Island as my sixth man of uh of is the. Is Bender you know. Island still more water? Uh, it's I think water. I think actually Bender Island has
0: been moved like a mobile home, to uh, Siberia.
1: Yeah, Bender Island is now uh is now in Russia, and I'm uh, all for it. I'll be. Uh, <laughs> I'll be vacationing there shortly. So he's probably on my list. So Dave, I I think we've probably spent far too much time talking about man crushes. You know what?
0: I I really think, uh, I hope that fans will enjoy this. And I hope what you guys will do is uh, when I post this on Brightside, you guys will follow up with your own man crushes. So we'll post the two teams, uh, the two man crush teams on Brightside later this, um, uh, probably tomorrow, the next day or whatever and I'll post in the man crushes and let you guys actually have a take on that. In the meantime, I really appreciate you guys listening and and tuning in tonight. Some of you were live and some of you'll be listening over time cuz we'll be it'll be uh there in perpetuity on on YouTube and and you guys can leave comments underneath there and all that as well. So, thank you very much for listening. And yeah. this was our man crush episode and we you know what? We could probably go too deep at least, if not 3 deep.
1: Are you kidding? I could build like a fi- all time top 50 man crush team. Uh, make sure click if you're if you're watching on YouTube, click the like button helps the algorithm. If you're uh, listening on uh, iTunes or Google podcast, leave us a review. Uh, we will uh, we, we yeah. always love that. It's you always can certainly
0: subscribe. You can do you can follow any of the links underneath the posts and we're all set up. Uh, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. And we hope you tune in again on Saturday. We'll be back with our regularly scheduled programming.
1: You can follow him at DaveKingMBA. I'm at Espo. You can follow the show at SunSolarPanel on Twitter. So until Saturday, we'll talk to you next time.